Welcome to Educated Messes, a podcast to help you sift through the bullshit around work, well-being, and relationships. We'll ask questions, seek answers, and share experiences to help you navigate the messier parts of life. Because trial and error is a lot easier when we do it for you. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm Kyla, and today we're talking about what shoulds are and why they might be making you unhappy. And how they're definitely making us unhappy. <laughs> I don't know. Are they? Oh, I, I guess I'll speak for myself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I literally was listing like 800 to you like five seconds ago. I'm fine. What are you talking about? I don't about? have these. <laughs> I'm cured. Why don't you start off with a good old definition of uh, what? what is a should? I mean, a should isn't a thing according to um, Grammarly. Yeah, Grammarly's not pleased with our notes right now. But what we are calling a should and what, you know, the web, the experts call it, a (laughs) should is essentially just an expectation that we've imposed either on ourselves or on others. I would say the worst ones are those that we do to ourselves. And they are things like, I should get married. I should call my grandma, I should go for a run, things like that. Like just those constant um, statements in our heads that are us telling ourselves to do something because we're not. Yeah. And it's typically like a cognitive distortion, which we touched on in our episode, Does What We Think About Ourselves Matter? Plug. Go listen to it. (laughs) Like, subscribe. Um, (laughs) Shoulds are super toxic because they play a huge role in the way we talk to ourselves. It's because it's just a dialogue that's going on inside your brain. Yeah. And usually things like I should go for a run is like coupled with I'm lazy if you don't. Or like I should mm-hmm. call my grandma. Maybe it's like I'm a shitty person if you don't. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> you think the uh, consequence is. Yeah. The motive behind it is, I think, important or the yeah, belief behind it. Totally. Like what it essentially makes you if you aren't doing that thing which typically I think we only should ourselves on things that we're not doing maybe we'll see (laughs) (laughs) more to come on that um but we're like always reinforcing a negative because it's usually something where we're like trying to motivate ourselves or like keep ourselves in check like oh I shouldn't have said that story of my life (laughs) foot in mouth and so you're always kind of critiquing something you either don't do enough of or do too much of and so I just don't think it's ever really used in like a productive way it's usually just kind of you you versus you yeah yeah story of my dang life Also, when we were doing some research on this, it kind of became more and more clear how often shoulds can be tied to like social norms or societal expectations. So some of the big ones would be like, and this is like from our own experience and also sort of from the experience of a couple friends that we talked to would be like, I should buy a house. I should get married. I should have kids. I should go to university. Like, I should have a fancy job or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And those are typically because of like unwritten rules of behavior that like are acceptable in society. And so 
obviously as human beings, like we want approval and we want to belong and like, we don't want to be an outsider. And that's why we are like sort of subscribe to these things. And mm-hmm. I think some of them, maybe some of them are like much more internal, but I think a lot of them come from maybe like your society or your upbringing or for some people like your religion or um, your peers, things like that. And so we were just kind of noticing how often your shoulds are sort of like, if I don't do this, I'm different or like I'm the outcast. And so like a huge one would be like marriage. I think it's like, of course uh, you don't need to get married. And like, I think it's becoming less of a thing. And also if you say, oh, I'm, I don't believe in marriage, you're going to take like flack in conversations about that, like yeah. forever from people Touchy who, subject. Yeah. yeah, like it's not just something that you could get away with without like kind of being in conversation with. And I think that's kind of what makes it feel like a bit of pressure is that people won't just really not comment on it or you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I'm excited because we have some examples we wanted to discuss, um, on this and I don't know like I feel like I've had a lot of these conversations with a lot of people so that's yeah I'm excited to talk about it but um something you just touched on was yeah kind of following the norms so you don't become an outcast and I feel like this was kind of related to stuff that we touched on in our episode about um was that episode one episode one was all about what oh yeah because it was about trying things for the first time yeah so a lot of stuff we talked about was like, so you're accepted by the group and mm-hmm. um, don't become an outcast. So that felt similar. So social norms feel super related to us, um, to shoulds. Like these are, are probably very different words for pretty similar things. But um, something to me that I feel like defines shoulds in my mind is usually they'll have like a voice behind it. And that voice might be society for sure. It might be religion. It might be just like your specific parents or your peers. So usually when I'm trying to figure out what my shoulds are, I try to figure out like whose voice it is. Um, and I think we'll get into this a little bit later about how you can, might be able to identify your shoulds. Okay. So if you pie charted your shoulds in terms of where they come from, what would Ooh. your uh, division be? Oh, that's a good question. Like how uh, big of a chunk is like friends, society, I guess society is all of them. Friends, yeah. parents, culture. I don't think peers is a very big one for me Um, for some reason. Like I respect my friend's opinions for sure, but I don't have like a, oh, I should be doing this because my friend is doing it. I don't think. Maybe. I feel like a pretty big one that seems linked would be like my parents slash society because I think like the way they were raised likely has a lot of the same values in it, like as like marriage, house, Mm -hmm. kids. So it's like partially society, partially parents, partially gender expectations Mm -hmm. um and I do think that religion probably makes up quite a few of mine because I was raised Christian but then like opted out (laughs) and (laughs) and I don't think I've ever really opted out (laughs) yeah I was like that's okay like thank you but I'm good um it was interesting though I'm honestly glad that I learned about it because it kind of gives me a lot of insight into 
religious things that I might not understand otherwise. However, I don't think I've unpacked a lot of the learning that came from that um, until pretty recently, actually, which we'll definitely get to. What about you? What's your pie chart? Um, A bunch of my shoulds are in my own head because it's like comes from perfectionism, I think. Like, I want to be operating at maximum capacity at all times. So where does that come from? uh, So it's sort of tied to productivity, which I think is, I guess, like, yeah, like, I don't know. Some of it comes from society, but I also think it is this internal thing of, like, I want to be really busy and, like, really productive and really smart and... I mean, my parents are like uber productive people. Like that's what I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, but I think maybe even just like being used to that. I don't think it's them being like you should do this, but it's like them yeah, being. Yeah, but you see it, and it yeah, it definitely, yeah, shapes you. They're just like busy bees through and through, and so I think I'm like, if I'm not busy, it's sort of like, what am I doing? Yeah, actually, maybe that's a good clarification to make. Is this doesn't have to be like direct messages or overt messages. I think I'm using that word right. Um, (laughs) But it could be implied based on others' behaviors around Mm. you. Um, So I think that would be a good example because I also have that like work really hard should all the Mm -hmm. time. And that definitely comes from my dad. He's a very, very, very hard worker to like the point of it being too much. (laughs) And I've been working on that one. But don't you think it's sort of, for me, I feel that it starts as aspirational. It starts as, yeah. oh, here's a behavior being modeled that I admire and that I'd like to have myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a like pretty healthy point of view. And then it sort of spirals into oh, you slept in today, you shouldn't have done that because you could have gotten something done. Or, oh, you should make sure you take care of this item because otherwise you're not staying on top of it. Yeah. Is that the thing though? Is like achieving that should, I feel like we're getting too deep into it before, but I like this, is feeling that should, if, if it's not actually making you happy then it shouldn't be something that you're aspiring towards but being highly productive makes me happy when I do it right what does that mean (laughs) we talked about in the productivity episode where I was like it's sort of an uh vicious cycle for me because I think to myself you should be more productive and then I have a day where I'm super productive and I'm like Yes, you are. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you are so powerful and so busy, and you are the queen. And then I'm like, I gotta do that again. And so it is yeah. like it's definitely a loop because I do get yeah. enjoyment out of it. I get that for sure. <laughs> I think that, and also I think we're gonna get to this at some point. <laughs> is that um, going a level deeper and so what you are saying to yourself is I should be productive or I want to be productive, but why? Like, why, why is that something you want? I think that's kind of where you get into the should. I don't know. Yeah. So just something to noodle on. (laughs) Actually, I guess that's a good segue because we already kind of started this, but (laughs) um, we wanted to dig into 
some of our shoulds and our experiences with them. A lot of shoulds that were coming up for us were, I mean, basically to do in every big category of life. So work, relationships, family, well-being, um, some things around like gender expectations. And I didn't write religion here, but apparently that's a big one for me. So I don't know if I'll touch on that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't have any filters. Um, so do you want to talk first about the you should get married? Yeah, should? sure. I mean, I feel like you and I have very different experiences with this because I I don't know that I feel an extreme amount of pressure to do this, but I definitely think that I will because I think that I'm totally negating my own statement. Like, I guess I just sort of feel like I don't have a strong opinion on it one way or the other. And the easier choice is to get married. Oh, that's an interesting thought. I feel like I feel similar (laughs) in that I don't have a strong feeling either way. I know that. Um, I I don't think think that that's true. Okay. Listen, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I am very aware of what might be expected of me, but I don't really care is the thing. Like, I think probably if I had never said anything, people in my family would assume that I would want to get married, Mm -hmm. which, like, is fine. And they're also fine with me not really wanting to or not knowing if I want to. Um, This is interesting. I felt like you were a hard no on it. No, no, no. I'm a hard no on kids. Oh, okay. Hmm. (laughs) Which, yeah, we'll we'll get to that one, too. But, um... Marriage just, like, logically doesn't make a lot of sense to me. logically, it does make sense. We were just talking about this. Logically, from, like, a medical, a tax, a benefits, a financial perspective, it does make sense. But other than that, it's sort of an absurd concept. Yeah, okay. Very fair. And part of me, like, maybe I just haven't looked into this enough, but I feel like the benefits aren't like far enough outside of what common law is that Mm. it really it's like worth the trouble um i think it becomes quite helpful if you have dependents (laughs) (laughs) we're we're really sucking all of the love out of the concept of marriage but okay this is something that i've thought about a lot a lot a lot and it's to me and i waffle on this all the time so don't hold me to this shit but (laughs) I'm going to play this recording at your wedding. (laughs) I know. (laughs) As you're walking down the aisle. That's so funny. Um, (laughs) Okay. So let me try and say this concisely. (laughs) One of the arguments that I have heard about why you should get married outside of just the financial tax reasons is that it's a sh- commitment like your sh- hmm. <laughs> she can't even get through it <laughs> also i love how you just said one of the reasons i've heard that you should get married other than the whole tax thing as if literally as if love or like religion or any of that like <laughs> we're just saying aside from wanting to strengthen a lifelong bond with a partner Okay, here's what I'm saying, okay. though. That is one of the arguments, is that, it, okay, so it'll strengthen your bond. It's showing up in front of your friends and family, saying you commit to this person, yeah. declaring your love, etc. It is, like, a bit of a commitment where, like, it's harder to get out of. It's a contract, <laughs> so it's harder to break a contract, which that, to me, 
Okay. Being <laughs> staying with someone because it's hard to break a contract <laughs> doesn't seem like a great option for me. Like I would like to be with someone and plan to be with them all things go all well live long day. And then either way, say we're married or we're not married, say the same timeline happens, something goes wrong. I don't want to be forced to stay with that person. But you're <laughs> contractually. Yeah. I think that like working it out in the absence of a contract to me it feels like a bigger commitment in a lot of ways because you could leave at any minute. No, I disagree. I think getting married is you saying I am going to put in the effort to work this out with you when it gets tough. Uh, like I think there's there's two ways of looking at it. Like Again, I totally respect people who don't get married. All for it. For don't sure. Care. Or do get married. Or I, do. I'm, it's fine. Do whatever you want to do. I do think that you could spin that argument the other way and be like, it's you literally saying that things will get tough and I won't dip. Like I'm in this 100%. hardcore. I sign the paper. Here is a for gold sure. band for your hand so everyone knows you belong to me. <laughs> okay, that's weird. <laughs> I'll ask your father if I can own you for the rest of life. <laughs> Don't even get me started. But okay, with that same sentence in mind that I commit to trying to work things out, like in it for the long haul, you can have that conversation and not be getting into a contractual obligation and to me it takes a lot of trust Mm -hmm. and feeling like you have and can give that trust to me feels just as big Mm -hmm. as marriage just that's just my personal like I don't disagree with that I want to fight you I'm (laughs) I was just saying that like I think married people could say the opposite Oh, for sure. And I think that like I have a lot of heat behind this not because I I have heard a lot of argument for marriage and I think that's great. I think that's fine. I just, it's not, maybe not for me. And I don't know why people get so up in my business about it. But why do you think it bugs you so much? Uh, you know what I mean? Like I it doesn't, if, if you believe a certain thing and that's that it doesn't really matter, then it doesn't really matter if someone has a strong opinion that they love marriage, like, cool, good for you. Sure. It doesn't matter for sure, mm-hmm. but it just seems to be, like, the way conversations tend to go are, like, people kind of convincing mm-hmm. you. And yeah, it's like... that's fair. I'm totally happy to talk about it and discuss, like, why do you want to? Why don't I want to? I think that's great. I think, like, what we're doing right now is healthy and people should do this. I think that when it gets to a place of, like, convincing or like trying to or when people go like you say that now but just wait yes <laughs> Shut the fuck yes up. <laughs> oh my god yes that's my it's most like, hated type of statement like oh well you think that now and so did i and just yeah. wait and see like okay like you won't thanks. understand it until you're married it's like okay <laughs> like chill out yeah I get that part of it when it's like a leading question, like, oh, yeah, you yeah. feel that way, but this, this, and this. I think that's so different than yes. just being like, oh, how come? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that kind of like feeds into the shoulds in my mind because it's like, okay, why do people say all this stuff? Should I want to? Like, yeah, am I missing fair. something here? Or like, am I going to have to explain this my whole goddamn life or are we going to drop it at some point? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be some old. It's a piece of paper like- just to avoid the awkward conversation. <laughs> 
which doesn't seem like a good reason to get married to me. Yeah, it's kind of absurd. It is absurd. And I also think like, it's such a social construct that like, we think of boyfriend and girlfriend as having less weight Mm -hmm. than husband or wife. And even on top of that, I've started saying partner just because it's like more gender neutral. And I've been told that's like a better way to speak about it. But I also think partner to me sounds more serious too, because, and I feel good Mm -hmm. about that because I'm like, boyfriend to me sounds like I'm 14 and like he we take the school bus home together like this is like real life shit like I I don't think it should be like my boyfriend like yeah I agree bigger than that and partner to me is more like we're buddies we are living life side by side type thing yeah I think two things for some reason came up for me there. Partner to me reminds me of like business partner. It reminds <laughs> me of like howdy partner, but I like it. Oh, okay. That's fun. <laughs> I, I've been saying spouse when it's oh, like. That's gender neutral too. Yeah. Because insurance things, you can't be like, oh, me and my boyfriend but are going to sign on this car. You have a spouse because it's common law. Okay, I don't think I sure. can use that word. I mean. I think you can. I think it's been long enough. Well, no, it hasn't for sure. In terms of, I feel like it's not very long. No, it's two years. We have this conversation all the time, (laughs) and you always think it's six months, and I always tell you it's two years. It doesn't matter to me, anyways. Um, But okay, all of that aside, something interesting when we were looking into this that came up was that, and maybe people already know this. I don't know. Um, One thing is the median age for women getting married today. Um, is 27 versus 20 in 1960, which I thought was a fun 20. fact. 20, that's a baby. Uh, another fun fact is that traditional marriage has been, been on a downward trajectory for generations, but with millennials, it appears to be in a free fall. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, 25% of millennials are likely to never get married, which to me doesn't, like, that still seems like a very small number. That doesn't sound like a small number to me. Really? I would think it'd be like 50-50. I think you live in a bubble. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think you live in a bubble where people are like, I don't care about marriage. And in my bubble, it's like, I picked out my dress. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Okay. I mean, like me and my friends try to be like trendy and we're like, I don't really care about marriage. But then it's like, look at the ring I chose. That's so funny. I'm a failure. <laughs> okay, we just had to oh. cut because... I'm in- we noticed that Kelsey was recording in her headphones. It was and we because noticed- I poured the wine. I actually saved the day <laughs> yeah. with that wine pour. She poured a big glass of wine, like aerating it and everything. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Just no regard for the fact that we're recording. Oh, my God. And I thought I was muted. You didn't even finish the story. <laughs> Oh, right. And she thought she was muted, but she wasn't because we were recording in her headphones. So this is just to get back at you for having better quality than me for the first, I don't know how many episodes. How the tables have turned. Maybe you did that on purpose. You could tell <laughs> my quality was worse. And you were like, you did a sound check. And she goes, everything sounds great. <laughs> I sabotaged you. Saboteur. Okay. So the next shit we wanted to talk about was should you have kids or rather you should have kids is what I feel pressured to do personally. Yeah, I've heard that around town for sure. I feel that pressure too. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We don't have to get into like our specific <laughs> beliefs. I would be happy to. 
I mean, it's kind of important for the context. I don't want kids. I think we already said this in this episode. And it's something that whenever it comes up, which it does occasionally, people are are confused. <laughs> yeah, people are really pushy about kids. Yeah, it's it's very much a like oh, like you'll regret it if you don't. It's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. It gives your life purpose. And I'm like, that. I'm so happy for you, for sure. I think that's amazing. If you get that much joy out of having children, then of course you should have children. There are certain people that that's what they want to do. They should do it. That does not mean I need to do it yeah. to live a full and fulfilled life. And it really seems to get people hot and bothered people love to give unsolicited advice like I, that's not a statement that i'm looking for your opinion on input on yeah, yeah for sure but it's like pretty inappropriate it is and for me it's always been and it's been this way for the past like i'm 25 now i feel like maybe the past five years people always say you'll change your mind when you get older and i'm getting older <laughs> pretty consistent in that thought and i the thing the thing that bugs me is i've actually thought about it a lot and i think i've thought about it more than some people think about having kids oh, which i sure. think the default should maybe be don't have kids and then think about it a lot and then if it's something you still want you want to do then do it but it like that's a huge thing to mm-hmm. just do because like might as well <laughs> yeah, like, like you hit that stage in life where that's yeah next. yeah it is not for everybody. Also not. Some people are very bad yeah, at Yeah, I was it. just going to say, not everyone is made to do that. No. And the risk, like the <laughs> – you are – you can ruin someone's oh life. So dark. <laughs> I just don't – I don't know. I don't want that kind of pressure. I don't know about you. <laughs> I think that – Yeah, it is interesting like how opinionated people are on it like once they've done it. And I've definitely heard those conversations around it. I think for me in the past couple years, it's really struck a chord because like I think that people should also be really careful having those conversations because you don't know if people can have kids. Yeah. And so to tell a woman or like anyone thinking about having kids, I think – you should definitely do that. You will miss out if you don't do that. Your life doesn't have purpose unless you do that. It's like, what if they can't Sick. procreate not like on their own? I feel like that's like a yeah. very touchy subject. And now you've just said Absolutely. something that's like really hurtful for them. So yes. obviously there's lots of different ways to have children. I'm like not by no means saying that that's not the case, but I just think it can be a really, really sensitive subject for people. So to just yeah. go into it and be like, you should do this because it will give your life so much joy, especially because (laughs) typically if you were talking to someone who couldn't, they'd probably Mm -hmm. like use niceties and just be like, ah, yeah, I don't really want to or something. And then if you're just like pushing, it's like, oh my God, let this person live. Like I just would never feel comfortable bringing it up with someone because you don't know what that person is dealing with. You don't know where they're coming from. They might have like a really, really rough relationship with their parents. Like, I just think it's like really touchy and not just something that should be like thrown around and like judged upon. Absolutely. Yeah. I think in the same way that like I would feel comfortable if my friends asked me and I would ask my friends and have conversations about it, but it's like I know them very well. It's a very personal decision. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I feel like I'll get off my soapbox. No, I totally – for me, I like I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. I don't really know how I feel about like having them myself. But 
I also don't want to explain it to anyone and like don't really want to talk yeah. about it. Like it's not really on my mind. Like, and so I think it's just sort of one of those subjects that's better left alone unless you have some reason to be speaking to that person about it. I just think it's kind of one of those things that's none of your business. But I definitely think that those types of conversations and the way people bring it up is something that puts a lot of pressure on people to feel like, okay, I should be doing this. Or like even just the concept of like for women, you only have a certain window for certain things. And like that pressure of it's definitely more of a social norm to like have children of your own as opposed to like adopting or surrogate. A biological should. It's very weird. And so I think it's definitely like a social norm that's imposed upon I think a lot of people and it becomes very much like a nagging feeling of like almost like a given like oh I yeah of course I'll do that because it's what people do it's just what you do exactly okay so I feel like that is those two topics personally are things that I didn't really think about until I would say like a year or two kids longer but a year or two ago with marriage and I feel like kind of that conversation we just had is a good example of what challenging a should might look like. I think it's important to kind of hold it up in front of you and think about the different sides. Think about what you actually want. Where is that input coming from? Do you want that input? Is this not something you want to think about? That's fine. But just kind of challenging it and checking in and seeing if it holds true to you personally or if it's just something that you feel like you should be doing because it's just what people do. I don't I don't know that I would recommend being satisfied with that oh, reason for not. anything that you do. I mean, but we were talking about how there are some shoulds that are like sort of universal goods in a way. I think that's what makes them more difficult at times to unpack because I think some of these things are so deeply embedded in like being a part yeah. of society that you start to behave in a certain way because Mm -hmm. it's expected of you and to unpack something from like this is what society asks of me is sort of tricky because it's so multi-layered it's it's not Mm -hmm. easy to split between like religion um my parents this or that it's like it's kind of everything at once yes yeah yeah it's hard to even notice when it is a should like I don't think that I even realized how much of my beliefs around like relationships, marriage and that came from wherever it came from. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. But taking that at face value, I guess, stopped working somewhere along the way. But what happened was regardless of mm-hmm. who was saying that to me, it came down to is that something that I actually want? And I think, yes, it can become mm-hmm. very difficult to parse out like which individual mm-hmm source for each but I, I think that's the important check-in yeah. in my mind is is this yeah, something I, I want that's a hard, really hard question even yeah. when, when I think about kids like is that something I want how do you start to peel back all the layers of what you've been sort of conditioned to feel about it how do you and know? I just think it's so interesting too I feel like we're in a fairly unique generation where at least in my echo chamber of university into like my Instagram now, the point people make now is I don't want to bring a kid into this world. Like I remember having a sociology, I took like a uh, sociology of population or something in university 
and the the professor was talking about how they would only have one child because mm-hmm. they were like they were doing like popul. It's not funny. I'm sorry. I don't. I, is it funny? I don't know. They were doing like population control on themselves and then other people I see say like I don't want to bring a child into a world that's like on fire which it is but it's just an interesting that's a that's a new opinion I feel like I don't really know that there were a ton of generations that were like climate change is terrible and therefore I won't procreate it's a very interesting new way to be thinking about it that's true I yeah I struggle a little bit with I don't want to be making decisions mm-hmm. out of fear, but I think a lot of my reasoning behind and I, I talk about this like I'm absolutely sure all the time. There are times where I'm like, am mm-hmm. I going to be am I gonna regret it? Like there's really no way to know, but checking in on those reasons where for me a big one is I don't think like the way my brain works, I would do very well as a parent. I think I would struggle with my mental health and I don't want to pass that on to another person. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of things like that that make it a bit tricky. And then there's also the reasons of I don't want to give my whole identity away to another person. I don't want mother mm-hmm. to be the only thing that I am. And that's like when people sometimes I see people's emails and they're like, Tim and Jackie's mom at hotmail.com. And I'm like, come on sister like you're more than that (laughs) I guess that's judgy too like maybe that's all they ever wanted to be and that's perfect but it's so interesting how my it's a should it's me being like you should you should have a more wholesome view of yourself than just to be someone's parent yeah but that's kind of a gnarly should of mine for sure okay I that felt good to get all of that off my chest. I also hope we don't offend anyone who whose like life purpose is to be a parent. I think that that's as respectable as anything else. I just think maybe that's more the norm. And so yeah. we're just sort of showing the other side to it. But I, I hope that folks know that if mm-hmm. that's your shtick, then I think that's super, super awesome. And we need people who want that more than anything. Yes. Okay. So maybe just we'll bop through these a little quicker. But Another should that I think we both feel a lot is um, that we should want to be successful in our careers and kind of like climb the co- corporate <laughs> ladder. I don't know if that's what I, I don't know if be, that's what I meant, CEO. but you know what I mean. just like advance in your career, whatever. That the hashtag means. girl boss. <laughs> oh, yeesh. Um, a girl boss. Uh, <laughs> so I definitely think I feel this one more than the other two we just talked about. And I feel it less now, but my whole young life, I didn't really think about that much about marriage or kids and thought a lot about being sort of like Elle Woods in Legally Blonde, I think. Yeah, that was sort of the dream, I think, just to be like, oh my God, freaking unexpectedly smart as heck and like super successful. And at one point, I think that I actually thought I might go to Harvard. (laughs) So I truly did. Yeah, I always felt this one really strongly. Like, I think when I was in high school, I'm sure, like, it was common for us young girls to talk about getting married and things like that. But I feel like I was super hyper-focused on being really smart. And I had these shoulds in my head, too. Like, oh, you shouldn't follow a boyfriend somewhere you should always go do something 
for yourself. Like you need to be independent. You should be fully self-sufficient. You should never lean on someone for like income or like those were big shoulds for me. So it was about like going to school, getting a degree, getting some like professional career and then just like grinding until I was like until retirement and then death (laughs) until you die until I had (laughs) reached a point which I I now know was like never achievable it would have just been a moving target but that was it was just like I probably would have considered it a certain amount of money or a certain title and now I realize that it would have always changed as I went but those were huge shoulds for me like Yeah, for sure. I was super, super obsessed with the idea of being like as independent as possible, like not leaning on folks. And so success was like a huge one for me. And it it wasn't until years after I graduated Mm -hmm. university where I managed to start reframing what success meant to me. Because I remember even when I was in university and even when I was in high school, my mom sitting me down and being like, you need to define what success means because you are chasing a moving target of don't use the word successful without having a definition for it because what it's so abstract. Like, what does that mean to you? So good. Yeah, she's a boss. But I think that that was helpful. I think at the time when I was younger, I like couldn't really name it or it would have been super good something super surfacy or like what I was kind of saying. And then as I sort of like entered different communities and started to like have a slightly different path, even when I switched career paths and things like that, it started to change shape and form and get way more clear of like, okay, success to me means Mm. living near my family, means having a backyard, means like it just started to get way more um, finite, like it means being able to travel as opposed to, I want to just keep climbing until I hit a certain point and then I'll just be so successful and I'll just be so happy. Like, I think that it started to get more realistic and not in a bad way. Like I I chase your dreams, but (laughs) we'll just define and a little bit more in line with who I actually am because I think I was chasing someone else's version of success too. It was definitely like a society, uh, a societal version of success, like money and I don't know, even like clout sort of, like a fancy title. And then it started to change shape and look more like, okay, what do I actually want to feel fulfilled? And that would be success to me. And that looked very, very different than like what Legally Blonde Kelsey thought it would. (laughs) That's so funny because I'm not kidding you. I watched Legally Blonde. I don't know if we've ever had this conversation, but like on repeat, I have, is there three or two? I have them both on DVD. (laughs) I watch them all the time. Like I wanted to also be Elle Woods. I wanted to be a boss. Like that was something I used to say when I was a kid. It's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, I don't know. I literally watched Legally Blonde. I kid you not, like four nights ago. (laughs) Is it still good? It holds up 100%. Okay, I'll have to also, watch it Also, Reese, Reese Witherspoon is 24 years old while they're filming that movie, which makes me feel so gnarly because she's just like, <sighs> it's just so great. And she just is killing it in this movie. And just uh, a queen. So we started, it seems, at Legally Blonde and then both kind of went on that trajectory. And I think you got to the, I feel like just now I'm at the point where 
I got a job that I actually really like and was a goal of mine. And now that I'm here and I've achieved this big dream that I kind of thought was going to happen a little ways down the road, if I'm being honest, like I wasn't ready. <laughs> it's always weird when you achieve your I dream don't have a plan. Quickly. <laughs> like not to toot my own horn, but like. What do we do now? <laughs> so I'm actually at this point that I've just heard people talk about where they're like that exact thing you were saying of like the ever moving, mm-hmm. changing target. So I, I, I've been having a lot of existential mm-hmm. crises lately because I'm like, what do I actually want? Like, so I think I need to do some of those exercises. That you sent me. Yeah, I oh, think it God. is. It is a, an interesting should that I think like a lot of people feel. And it's funny that I bet you were not alone in in idolizing someone like Elle Woods, like a character or like someone who yeah. even nowadays I admire so much these young female entrepreneurs that have started businesses that are super Mm. cool. And I definitely look at them and go like, wow, that's so awesome. I'm, I'm like very, very intrigued by it. And I also think that I just feel like I've started to get more and more clear on what that means to me and like why I think that's interesting and it's not about like a dollar amount it's not about being rich or like being Mm -hmm. talked about it's about sort of like the idea of starting something new and and creating something and having something that's like very much you is so appealing to me and it's just so interesting because even when I got out of university and throughout university, I worked in banking and worked in banking after I got out for a couple of years as well. And my, I come from a family of bankers. I always say like it runs in my family. They're all bankers. And banking is such an amazing job. Like it's very stable. It's secure. There's a very clear growth path. Like you know what you're going to do next. And so you're kind of always working towards a goal. Mm-hmm. And for all those reasons, I felt like oh, this is really a smart plan. This is a very smart and safe Mm. plan. And it was so interesting because that's the path my mom took. And obviously, like, she's from a different generation. So for her, being, like, a woman in banking and, like, being super successful was, like, not the norm. Yeah. (laughs) Queen. (laughs) And so it was interesting talking to her about it because I remember sharing some of that with her. Like, "Ah, I don't know if I want to leave, though, because – shouldn't I like feel lucky to have like such a stable, dependable? You should feel lucky. And she was sort of sharing with me like, I wish that when I had been your age, I'd been able to choose and like to try different things. But like she was in a different position than I am. And she's like, I would rather you go try and like go do something that you think is cool or interesting. Oh my God, I want to cry. Linda is That's just so nice. This, this episode should just be called Why We Love Linda. Um, Can I call Linda for advice sometimes? Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. But it was just such a cool moment of like, I thought the expectation was to do like the smart thing, like the very like calculated good decision. And she was like, oh, you'll bum me out hard if you do like the easy, boring thing. Like go do something more interesting. I love that. Yeah. So I think it was cool to like start to get different ideas on what that meant. Yeah. I think that shoulding ourselves is definitely like a major energy drain because you're always splitting your focus between two different places at once. So for example, like 
this is a classic me scenario. Just worked a super busy week, worked really hard. Saturday rolls around. I'm like, I'm just going to veg out Saturday. I'm going to just self-care day. I'm going to put my face mask on. I'm going to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm going to eat pizza and I'm not going to do productive things. And then the should start rolling in like, oh, but you should make the most of your day off or you should probably be out with your friends. Uh, You should be doing something fun. You should be doing something productive. Oh, my God. And then at that point, I'm automatically now in two places. I'm not enjoying my well-earned chill day because I'm distracted by guilt. And I'm also not doing any of the things that I'm telling myself I should be doing. So I've robbed myself of the satisfaction of not doing anything. And I'm also not doing my other choice. And so it's a really interesting practice even of like living in the moment and like present awareness. And I'm sure Kyla wants to plug mindfulness. She just looked at me. (laughs) I knew it. But it is one of those things where you're constant. You're not living in the now if you're thinking of your shoulds for sure because you're just saying like, oh, well, actually, I should get up and do this. And what I think is really tricky about shoulds is that they're they make you feel guilty, and guilt like that obviously can be like super debilitating because guilt sometimes can like help you warn like help act as a warning if something needs attention and things like that. And like, obviously it means you have a good conscience, but Mm -hmm. typically like when we're feeling that guilt, you're focusing so much attention on yourself. It's not in a good way. You're just constantly emphasizing, I feel so terrible. I'm like an idiot, lazy, all those awful things. And it sort of reframes like how you deserve to be treated because you're just like, you're creating an, environment of suffering where you're like being mean to yourself and you're also not feeling the relaxation you want to feel or whatever it is. And so it just gets super counterproductive because you're not being super rational. And obviously you, I'm like talking to myself right now. This is a conversation. This is very relatable. I was having this today. This was happening to me. I was just telling Kyla that we're like out at the lake right now. And the other day I was saying, oh, we should probably like go boating. Like we should like go for a surf or something while we're out here. And Ben's like, do you want to go boating? (laughs) Well, not really. Like I'm like pretty like tired, but he's like, well then we don't need to go boating. I'm like, but we should really make the most of our time here. And he's like, when we go boating, you'll feel like we shouldn't have gone boating because it's like... (laughs) I don't know. You'll feel bad about it because you're not doing something else. And you're tired and you should be relaxing. It helps so much to have someone kind of point out like how irrational you're being. Like (laughs) what? Like it helps to have someone just go – sometimes I'll just say it out loud. And it's kind of like what you were saying about how you you think Bo thinks you're lazy. (laughs) And I'll literally say that out loud. Sometimes I'll just be like, am I being super lazy? And Ben will just be like, no, but you are being a bit nuts because like you're being (laughs) super productive. Active, and that's the conversation you're having in your Ugh, head. Like it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't have any real rational weight. So, yeah. yeah, I think those are like the impacts of shoulds and just like how it pulls you out of the present it's, moment, yeah. and like how it really just like puts you in a spot where you're perpetuating this these like shitty feelings. Mm-hmm. I've been having a fun one lately where because I have been doing all this work on myself and I'm like trying to. I don't know, learn to manage my anxiety better. And then when I feel anxious, I think that I should be 
more on top of it and then that makes me anxious <laughs> yeah that it's, a whole, sucks. it's a spiral like i we're working on it we go to therapy yeah maybe even a tip could be like say it out loud even if you're by yourself yeah i think somehow like it living in your head lets it get a little bit like spirally and I think if we said some of these things out out loud, we'd like hear the absurdity in it. We'd yeah. just be like, that actually doesn't really make sense that I feel that way. We wanted to talk about how to identify your shoulds. I feel like we have touched on this quite a bit, but just a little exercise that I found when looking into this was actually writing down your shoulds, um, like making a point to catch them as they're happening, write them down. And then after you've recorded several, see if there's any themes going on there. Like what we have both been talking about would, and I think a lot of people can relate to this based on what we've heard is the productivity piece of I should be doing more or I should be relaxing and kind of being caught in between those states. And then you could also figure out Like, am I using these statements when I'm stressed or when I'm frustrated or is it when I'm talking to certain people or in certain environments or when you're feeling certain feelings? Um, Just kind of go through a little checklist on on your list, a checklist list. Um, We love to tell people to make lists. Just make a list. Oh my god, I love lists. I don't think we have a gratitude list. (laughs) Have a list for your shoulds. I wish you could see my note. I just have a notebook and it's full of lists. Okay, so. After you have written down a bunch of shoulds, maybe found some themes, explore the belief behind your statement or beneath your statement. Um, This is what we kind of touched on before of maybe you feel like you should be productive, but just ask yourself why. Why do I feel that way? Maybe it's because I watched Legally Blonde too many times or (laughs) because- obsessed with Elle Woods. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a parent used to give you that message. Maybe that's something that a mentor of yours has said. And social media. Social media, maybe. So if there's no belief behind it, that is, I I personally think it makes me feel good. I feel like that should be the reason behind doing most things. Mm -hmm. Um, Then maybe just, just- Think about it a little more. Challenge it. Just noodle on it. Just noodle on it a little bit. There's a couple other practices here or exercises where you can explore how you feel when you do the opposite of that statement or maybe just say the opposite, kind of just swish it around a little bit, (laughs) see how it feels. (laughs) um i'll post more of these steps um just so we're because we're getting pretty close to time but they're saying um test your statement look for evidence for and against it kind of as if it was a hypothesis um and then revise it write it in a way that makes it more balanced so instead of the example here is i should clean my house every saturday try and make it more balanced where it's I prefer to clean my house on Saturday mornings but sometimes that isn't possible and then that creates a much more compassionate environment for you to live in <laughs> inside your own head anybody who has a cleaning schedule has their life together much more than I do <laughs> I saw someone on Instagram being like Tuesdays sweep oh, Wednesdays God. laundry Thursdays vacuuming and I was like I wish that I could hold myself to that. No, that's a should. I think it should be, I enjoy having a clean house and so I will clean or, you know, it's, I just. And so I'm dating someone who does dishes. Exactly. 
<laughs> so I found a partner passionate about cleaning. <laughs> not gonna lie, it's like a big factor. <laughs> it's not a not a bad uh, not trait. A bad quality. Um, so just before we wrap up, uh, maybe you want to touch on a couple more um, ways to deal with these shoulds. Uh, maybe once you've found them. Yeah, alternatives to shoulds. Mm-hmm. So a huge one for me, I feel like this might be relatable, who knows, but a huge one for me is like I have become a bit of a wellness junkie and almost like to a bit of an extreme, I think. And so Kyle is laughing. Yeah, I know. Can attest to that. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it gets pretty tricky sometimes for me to figure out the why behind a task I've given myself that's like wellness or self-care related so for me I think exercise is a huge one where it's like I have lived many years on this planet being like you need to exercise go exercise you should exercise Mm -hmm. and slowly getting to a place where I'm trying to reframe it as like um I'm focusing on the benefits of it so instead of going I should work out today because whatever. Mm-hmm. I instead say I feel really good after I work out. My energy is better, my mental health is better, things like that. Like I give myself value adds in terms of things that I will feel after I do the thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me that's a much healthier way of thinking about it because realistically like I do feel a lot better when I get movement in in the morning yeah. and therefore it is something that I want to continue to do and I want to be doing it for a reason that feels good and not having this conversation where I'm like, you should be doing this every day. Yeah. And I also think like I like to remind myself that it's a privilege to be able to move my body and it's a privilege to be able to feel strong and have access to these like cool movement things. And so I try to bring myself back to just like the positives of it mm-hmm. and and create some excitement around it as opposed to it feeling like this big task. Yeah, I think that is so relevant to the why behind it being it makes me feel good. And if you even mm-hmm. wanted to go a step further on that particular belief or should, you could say I should do yoga because it makes me feel amazing and also, sometimes I don't have time or it's not possible. Totally. And then even further, you could say, okay, mm. do I not have time or am I not making time to take care of myself? Like you can just mm-hmm. reflect until the cows come home and then yeah. do yoga or don't, but just make sure you're doing it for you and not for somebody yeah. else. feel like your shoulds are making you unhappy. <sighs> I personally feel like my shoulds are making me unhappy. Yes. Yeah. Mine make me unhappy too. I feel like I usually overall I'm quite happy and sometimes I get into like a should spiral and I think that lately I've been in a should spiral so this felt very poignant I don't think that's very relevant no that is okay poignant is fine um I definitely agree I think I maybe should spiral a lot I think that a (laughs) bit of feedback I receive fairly often is that I set a a fairly high bar for myself (laughs) and can be a bit of a tough critic. And so I think that shoulds for me come up a lot. Yeah. So maybe that's our our final note. If you're doing things, maybe make sure you want to be doing them. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think that's it. That's the that's the summary. Those are the key takeaways. Also, if your mind is being a huge asshole, try and just go easy on that. Yeah. If you're feeling a little bummed out, this is just me talking to me. Maybe just uh, be a little nicer to yourself next time. Write your shits down. Say them out loud. Laugh at him. Live, laugh, love. Realize they're absurd. Yeah. All right. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay, buddy. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Okay, fact check, episode seven. Okay, this is a good one. This is a as a hot episode, I'd say. We oh, my were God. Pretty fired up. I had so up. much fun. I... <laughs> I don't know. This is one of my favorites yet, just to yeah. like edit and listen back to you, despite all the technical difficulties it gave me. Oh my God. Um, yeah, fun episode. I hope people enjoyed it. Maybe our most controversial episode to date. <laughs> maybe that's why I liked it. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so I'll get into it here. Um, first off, you mentioned cognitive distortions, which we did talk about in a previous episode, but I just wanted to explain it. Cognitive distortions are simply ways that our mind convinces us of something that isn't really true. So they're just inaccurate thoughts, and they usually are used to reinforce <laughs> negative thinking or emotions. So it's like telling ourselves something that sounds rational and accurate, but really only helps to serve uh, keeping us feeling bad about ourselves. Hmm. So That sounds like most of my thoughts. Yeah, distorted <laughs> versions of things. So we don't, what a we don't want that. Mm -hmm. okay. um, you make a comment around like covert messaging. Overt. I said overt messaging. Oh, well, this changes everything. <laughs> what? I thought you said covert, which would have been incorrect. But overt is super correct. Woohoo! So Covert is like secret behavior, like a covert operation. Yeah, so covert yeah. messaging would be like subliminal messaging. <laughs> overt, I think, is what you you said and what you were referring to. But you kind of said like, is that the right word? But why did I doubt myself? I should never doubt myself. You're a genius. And here oh, I was about you. to correct you. It's a good thing you remembered. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Um, I wanted to touch on why the term partner is more gender neutral because we talk about that in this episode. Mm -hmm. So just in case people haven't heard that before or they're curious and want to know more, I'm obviously not an expert on this at all, but I just wanted to share this in case it helps. So gender neutral terms like partner and spouse that can be substituted out for like romantic relationships can really support in these conversations because what you're doing is like by especially if you're someone who's like straight hetero cisgender person if you can start to use gender neutral terms like this in conversations then when there is someone who might not feel comfortable using the gendered term they can lean on gender neutral terms as well without it seeming different than yeah. what we use. And so I think that it just creates an environment where folks can speak about partners without needing to share the gender of their partner because in some situations, folks might not be safe or comfortable doing so. And so if you say boyfriend, then sort of like the expectation is for someone else to use a gendered term as well. Whereas if you say partner, it allows someone to like talk about their partner and not specify what gender. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's similar to like displaying your pronouns. Totally. Like I have it on my company, like my, my company Zoom, my work Zoom. Yeah. Um, because like, why not? You know, I have it in my email signature. Yeah. I have it on my Instagram. 
just normalize that for reals. You talk about spouses and you say like, you can use that word. And so (laughs) a spouse is a significant other in a marriage, civil union, or common law marriage. And it's another gender neutral term, which is awesome, but it definitely doesn't apply to people (laughs) who aren't in one of these types of unions. And then we get into me and Kyla's uh, hottest debate about (laughs) what it means to be common law in British Columbia. I'm here to hit you with some some cold hard facts. And I already know I'm wrong. Yeah, you're I not. I remember like last it. time you won this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you won. <laughs> um, so common law relationships are governed by the BC Family Law Act, and this act states that you're considered common law if a you lived with your spouse in a marriage like relationship for a continuous period of at least two years. Or you live together for less than two years but had a child together. A dependent. Exactly. And then when you're trying to prove that you're common law, the things that BC would look at to determine whether or not they considered it, and these are quite interesting, I think, that the government would ask these, (laughs) residing in the same home, duh, sleeping together, sexually Um. active together. Oh. Holding themselves out to the public as spouses. So you got to be on each other's gram for sure. <laughs> Purchasing gifts for each other. Acquiring assets together. Sharing financial responsibilities. Okay. So that's how the government would decide whether or not your roommates are. I just want to say that doesn't seem very inclusive of like asexual or, you know, different types of partnerships. So government, like let's let's update. <laughs> Get out the of policy. our business. <laughs> Get out of our bedrooms and our business. Yeah. I thought those were quite interesting. I'd never yeah, weird. Yeah. Also, how do you prove that you're sexually active? <laughs> to the government <laughs> just like do you promise <laughs> are you sure <laughs> the main sort of piece of this fact check that i wanted to talk about is i wanted to call myself in my new favorite saying okay on a statement i make about women having kids and i also make a comment about women having a biological clock Okay. And I just use a lot of gendered terms in this episode. And so I'm going to use myself here as a learning experience. I'm very sorry if my language offended anyone because I'm definitely still learning and just was actively aware of my missteps while I was listening back. And so to clear some things up, it's not only women who have kids, transgender men, men who are assigned female at birth based on their biological sex, and non-binary folks, those who don't identify as either male or female also can and do get pregnant. And so when we're talking about pregnancy, I think it's important to recognize that. Also, when talking about reproduction, reproductive rights, gynecological health, transgender folks, and um, non-binary folks deserve the same inclusive and affirming care as cisgender folks, and that starts with language. And I just think that conversations around marriage and having children can tend to be very heavily centered on cisgender and straight couples, which obviously ours was because that's our experience. And so while I think in the future, like we we can only really speak from our own experience, I would never want to like try to un- – think that I could understand something that I don't. I think in the future, what we can work on is acknowledging that we have knowledge gaps on these topics Mm -hmm. and then just reflect on how these types of pressures and issues that like feel really big for us 
feel probably very different and even heightened to folks who Mm -hmm. don't identify as cisgender or straight. Yeah. That I think is such a great call out and I think such a great example of how you can hold yourself accountable without canceling yourself or being canceled. I think that, <laughs> I mean, it's a an interesting and kind of special privilege that we get to listen back to this type of conversation we're having and, and mm-hmm. actively check ourselves on those things. So yeah, thank you so much for saying that. I think that's really important. Cool. And I also put some sources into our show notes that are on our website around gender neutral terms that we can use and around some of the information I looked into non-binary and transgender pregnancies and things like that to try to educate myself on on these topics. And so if you're interested and you want to learn more too, I think we could all learn more about these things and I think we should talk about it more and learn from each other. And if you have feedback on all this, please send it my way. I'm always open, but I'll put those in the show notes so that if you want to read up on it so that we can just be better humans to each other, I think that would be super cool. Mm -hmm, For sure. I love that. Yay. Of course. Okay. That's our fact check. Okay. Oh my God. Amazing. Um, If you have been enjoying the show, the show, the podcast, leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify really helps us. We would love to someday maybe get some like actual experts in here (laughs) to spit some real facts. And yeah, that would help us do that. Mm -hmm. Tell people that you think might like the podcast to listen to it. Yeah. If you want to or not, do whatever you want. It just, yeah. Subscribe, follow. If you don't like it, keep it to yourself. Someone else (laughs) might. Okay, bye. Bye. And um, traditional marriage, whatever they mean by that, I think they're talking about like. <laughs> are you... Seriously, <laughs> didn't That's I mute Kelsey. it? Nope, she's <laughs> pouring a lot. <laughs> <I muted it. laughs>